We have been tracking through the book of Philippians for the last few weeks, and we'll be tracking through it this morning. And I've shared this message before while we're meeting in the school, so some of, some of us here will be getting a um, second blessing, while others will just, will, will just be getting their first blessing. So think of yourself, those who are getting a second blessing, think of yourself much better than those who are just getting, hearing it for the first time. Philippians chapter 4, we'll read from verse 2 to verse 7. Philippians chapter 4, we'll read from verse 2 to verse 7. I plead with Yodia and I plead with Sintiche to agree with each other in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you loyal folk, yoke fellow, help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is there. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Father, speak to our hearts again. And may you be exalted and be glorified in Christ's name. Amen. Title to us this morning is Rejoice. Rejoice. Information got to Paul through Epaphroditus of what was taking place at Philippi. One, they were wondering why Paul was imprisoned, which Paul answered in chapter 1, 22, sorry, chapter 1, 12 through verse 24. Secondly, there were some selfish, ambitious members, chapter 2, 3 through 4. Thirdly, Judaizers were making inroads in their Circumcision for Salvation Doctrine, chapter 3, 1 through 10. Fourthly, some members, some believers were prone to believe that once they were saved, through, they, they were freed from the moral law and they could do whatever they pleased, chapter 3, 11 through 19. Fifthly, there were some petty differences among members resulting in friction and the grieving of the Holy Spirit, chapter 4, verse 2. After Paul dealt with these problems, he gave the believers three exhortations followed by a promise. Chapter 4, verse 4 through 7. He encouraged the believers to rejoice in the Lord. He encouraged them to let your gentleness be evident to all. He encouraged them, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition. And with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And he left them with a promise in verse 7. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Our goal this morning is to deal with one of the keys or the themes Daryl mentioned some weeks ago. Joy or rejoice. The, exhort, the exhortation we want to deal with this morning is rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. After a difficult 2008, you thought the year 
2009 would be a little better. But as you have gone through the first few months, you realize it is not much of a difference. Last year it was difficult for me to rejoice and guess what? This year it is no difference. different. In 2009 the problems, the frustration, the tribulations are just the same as they were in 2008. Things are complicated and complex and you're saying I cannot rejoice. I'm here to let you know that whatever the circumstances you are facing, whatever frustration, whatever tribulations you are facing, guess what, believers? We can rejoice. Whatever the storms you are facing today, you can rejoice. You might be finding the promises of Uncle Sam not being fulfilled. But guess what? You can rejoice. You might be finding some, or you might, have some, you might be facing some difficult decisions. But, how, but, but I'm here to inform you this morning that you can rejoice. Or, or, or you have a, mem, a family member who is stricken with some form of illness and you're questioning yourself. How do you expect me to rejoice? Paul is saying, we can rejoice. At Philippi, Paul was exhorting the believers to rejoice. And Paul was absolutely per, the perfect person to ask them, to rejoice. When Paul penned this letter to the believers at Philippi, he was in chains. Paul was in prison as he wrote to the Philippians, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. He did not have the freedom to move about as he desired. So when Paul challenged the believers at Philippi to rejoice, he knew what he was telling them to do. Paul was exhorting them to rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice is the verb of the sentence. The verb rejoice is in the present tense, which has the idea of a continuous action. It is not a sometime rejoicing. It is not a part-time rejoicing. It is a continuous rejoicing. Paul was not saying to the believers that only when things are going well that they can rejoice. Paul was not saying that today you can rejoice and tomorrow you don't have to rejoice. Paul was not saying that only when things are smooth sailing, you can rejoice. Paul was saying in good times, as well as in bad times, you can rejoice. When the storms of this life are, are twisting you to and fro, you can rejoice. When the earthquakes of this life are rocking your foundation, guess what, believers? You can rejoice. When the waves, high waves of this life are tossing, are tossing you to and fro, guess what? You can rejoice. Whatever the circumstances are, you can rejoice continuously. Not only is the verb rejoice is in the present tense, it is also in the active voice. There are three voices in the Greek language. The middle voice, the passive voice, and the active voice. The middle voice is a voice where the subject does the action to himself. For example, he hanged himself. The passive voice is the voice where the subject receives the action. For example, there was a man who was sent from God. Here the subject, the subject receives the action of the verb. The, and, and, and the active voice is the voice where the subject is an active participant in the act of rejoicing. Or the subject produces, performs, or, or experiences the action, the action of the verb. Therefore, 
The, believe, the believers at Philippi were to be an active participant in the act of rejoicing. Paul was encouraging the Philippians to produce, experience, and to perform the act of rejoicing. Paul was saying to the Philippians, no one else can rejoice for you or rejoice for you or, or, or rejoice on your behalf. And I believe he's saying the same thing to us. We ought to be an active participant in the act of rejoicing. Listen, believers, your parents or your children cannot rejoice for you. Your brother or your sister cannot rejoice for you. Your, 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 your husband or your wife cannot rejoice for you. The leadership of Cornerstone cannot rejoice for you. You, you will have to rejoice. You will have to be an active participant in the act of rejoicing. No one can rejoice for you but you. Not only is the verb rejoice in the present tense and in the active voice, it is also in the imperative mood. Paul was not asking the believers to rejoice. Paul was telling, telling them in the form of an exhortation to rejoice. Paul was instructing the believers at Philippi that they must rejoice. Paul was giving the believers at Philippi an imperative that they must rejoice and he's also commanding us to rejoice. Knowing that Paul was imprisoned and he, Paul, was telling the Philippians to rejoice, they could do, they could do nothing else but to listen or to obey what he was saying to them. Paul went through some difficult situations so he knew what he was talking about when he told the believers at Philippi to rejoice. He was imprisoned. He was flogged. He was ex exposed to death. Five times he received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times he was beaten with a rod. Once he was stoned. Three times he was shipwrecked. He, um, he, went, he spent a night and day in open sea. He was in danger from bandits. In danger from his own countrymen in danger <coughs> from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from his false brothers. Listen, listen. It is likely, it is likely that Paul dragged the chain across a desk as he wrote, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. He was suffering. He was in deep anguish. But he said to the Philippians, Rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice. And he's saying the same thing to us believers. Guess what? Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are. It doesn't matter what your situation is. Paul is saying to us, rejoice. Are you rejoicing this morning? Are you rejoicing this morning? Maybe you're saying to me, Radley, I cannot rejoice. Things are just too difficult. I cannot. How do you expect me to rejoice? Maybe you're, 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 you're saying to me, how do you expect me to rejoice? I have I've lost my job the beginning of the year. And you expect me to rejoice? I've, I, I, I'm having problems on my job or, or I am unable to find the job I so desired. I cannot rejoice. I had a beautiful home and because my employer cut my salary in half, I lost my home and you're complaining that I am not rejoicing. Listen, believers. 
before the economical crisis, my 401k, my IRA, my stocks and bonds were, were doing well. But now it's less than what it was before, and you want me to rejoice? I cannot find the money to pay the necessary bills, the gas, the electric, the, the, the mortgage, the telephone, you name it. And you want me to rejoice? My marriage is falling apart, and you're saying to me that I must rejoice? I, 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 I've, lost, I've lost a member of my family, or, 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 or I have a member of my family who's critically sick, or, or, or I, am, I am physically not doing well, and you want me to rejoice? I cannot rejoice. Things are just too difficult. Things are just too hard. How do you expect me to rejoice, Reverend? How do you expect me to rejoice? Listen, and listen carefully. The beautiful thing about rejoicing is the fact that you don't rejoice or refrain from rejoicing because of what you have or don't have. You don't rejoice or refrain from rejoicing because of your circumstances. You rejoice because you're a born-again believer. You rejoice because you've been saved by grace through faith. You rejoice because you're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. You rejoice because you're adopted into the family of God. You rejoice because you're released from the shackles of sin. You rejoice because you're in the miry clay and God snatched you out with His impeccable hands and placed you on that solid rock and that rock is Jesus. You rejoice because you're going to spend eternity with our risen Lord and Savior. That's why you rejoice. That's why you rejoice. So don't tell me you cannot rejoice. You're a believer. You have accepted Christ by faith. You can rejoice. Allow me to give you a few more reasons why you can rejoice. You can rejoice because Christ has paid for sin on Golgotha's hill. He who knew no sin was made sin for us. God commended his love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The sins of mankind were imputed on him. In light of this, God the Father could not behold his darling son, as Daryl mentioned last week. God turned his back on his, upon his son. When he turned his back upon his darling son, Christ cried out on the cross, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He was carrying your sins, my sins, and the sins of the world. Christ bore excruciating, agonizing and intense pain for us all. Because of what Christ has accomplished on the cross, we're declared righteous. The redemptive work has been paid for. The Bible tells us in John chapter 8, verse 36, whoever the Son sets free is free indeed. Praise be to God. We're free because of the blood of the Lamb. We have reasons to rejoice. Another reason... We can rejoice because of our eternal security in Christ. Anyone who has placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ is secured in the safe arms of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. No one can unsecure us. No one can come in and change the padlocks. We're not secured for a few moments or a few weeks. We're not secured for, few, for, for months or years. We're secured for eternity. John 9:36 says, Now this is the will 
of the one who sent me, that I should not lose, lose one person of every one he has given me, but raise them all up. John 10, verse 29 says, My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. Ephesians 1, verse 4 says, We're sealed until the day of redemption. And Romans, Romans 8, 35 through 39 says, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will trouble, distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things that are present, nor things to come, nor power, nor height, or anything else in creation will, come, will, be, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ. Listen, believers, we are secure in Him. Listen, we are, we, are, we, are, we, are not, we are not the ones who are keeping our security. It is God in Christ who is keeping us secure. If we are keeping ourselves secure, we would be a lost soul. So we are not keeping ourselves secure. So we have reasons to rejoice because we are going to spend eternity with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text says, Rejoice in the Lord. In the Lord is a prepositional phrase. A prepositional phrase shows relationship between two words. It shows how a noun or a pronoun is related to some other part of the sentence. The preposition in describes the relationship between the Philippians and the Lord. It shows, as John MacArthur says, spiritual stability. The Philippians were rejoicing not because of what they had, but because of their position in the Lord, because they had spiritual stability. And guess what? We have spiritual stability. Your rejoicing should not be based on your material possessions. Your rejoicing should not be based on your job. Your rejoicing should not be based on how well your husband or wife treats you. Your rejoicing should not be based on your accomplishments. Your rejoicing should not be based on your degree. Your rejoicing should not be based on your circumstances. But your rejoicing should be based on your spiritual stability with Jesus Christ. Your rejoicing should be based on your position in Him. When we realize, when we realize that He has done what He has done for us, we should do nothing else but to rejoice. We were left for dead. But God called us unto Himself. We were, we were people without hope, destitute, heading for a lost eternity. But God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive when we were dead, wretched, undone, rotten, stinking, and all the adjectives you can find. We were worthless. But God, went, uh, but, God, but God sent His Son to die on Calvary's tree for us. We were bastard children. No one wanted us. We, uh, we now, but now... <coughs> But now we are privileged children. Now we are heirs and joint heirs of the kingdom of God. So we ought to rejoice because of our position in the Lord. We ought to rejoice because of our spiritual stability. We can rejoice. What are you going through this morning? What is your situation this morning? Whatever your situation is, Paul is saying to us that we can rejoice. Paul is saying that we can rejoice. John MacArthur says, The joy of the Lord is not a feeling. It is a deep down confidence 
that God is in control of everything for the believer's good and for his glory and that all is well no matter what the circumstance. Let, let me repeat that. He says, John MacArthur says, the joy of the Lord is not a feeling. It's a deep down confidence that God is in control of everything for the, for the believer's good and for his glory and that all is well no matter what the circumstance. The joy of the Lord arises from leaving all burdens at his feet that nothing can come which he does not appoint or permit. God does not, whatever situation you're going through, whatever problems, tribulation, trials you're going through, God do one of two things. He either appoints it or he permits it. And, what, and it is for your good and his glory. So whatever you're going through, God appoints it or he permits it. So, so consider it as a good thing if you're going through it. And it will benefit you and it will glorify Him. That he's, that he's doing all things as wisely and kindly as possible. That in Him we have been lifted out of the realm of sin, sorrow, death, and into a region of divine love. That He have already commenced eternal life and that before us forever there is a fellowship with Him so rapturous and exalting that human language can only describe it as unspeakable. Therefore, whatever you are going through, the loss of your job, the loss of your home, you are, you are stricken with some kind of illness, losing, losing profit in your 401k. All this is for your good and His glory. For your good and His glory. So don't stress too much about it. Don't stress about it. Let, let's put it at the feet of the, at the cross as we're singing about this morning. Knowing that our spiritual stability is in the Lord. Is in the Lord. Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Always is an adverb. An adverb is used to modify a verb or uh, modify a verb, an adjective or another adverb. Always is modifying or qualifying the verb rejoice. Paul told the believers at Philippi to rejoice. Knowing that rejoice is in the present tense and it indicates a continuous action, Paul said to them that they must always rejoice. Always means forever. Therefore, the sentence would read like this. Rejoice continuously in the Lord forever. Paul was reemphasizing it to the Philippians to rejoice always. Rejoicing in the Lord always means regardless of the day, whether it is dark or bright, whether it is difficult or easy, whether it brings problems and temptations or clear sailing on cloud nine, you must rejoice in the Lord always. The question is, can the unsaved man rejoice? If you have, if you have never trusted Christ as your personal Lord, Lord and Savior, can you rejoice? The answer to the, quest, to the question is a resounding no. Reason being, the unsaved man does not have the Holy Spirit. And one of the manifestations of the Spirit is joy. And, and only a saved person can have this joy. It differs from overflowing good spirits of perfect health, health, for it persists amid weakness and pain. It differs from meritful merriment, for it persists in dark hours as well as bright. It differs from mere happiness, for it persists amid loss 
of all things. Yes, the unsaved man might have a sense of joy that the world gives. But true joy, real joy, wonderful joy, comes from the person of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Finally, finally, Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let us re- review briefly what we, have, what we have said. He mentioned that rejoice is in the present tense, which indicates a continuous action. He also stated that always means forever. Then Paul went on to say, I will say it again. Rejoice. Rejoice. Paul, Paul was saying that at no time should we stop rejoicing? After you have rejoiced actively, continuously in the Lord forever. Paul is saying, guess what? Do it again. Do it one more time. Maybe you have lost a loved one. And you are actively rejoicing continuously in the Lord forever. And somehow you might feel that you should stop rejoicing. Paul is saying, do it again. Rejoice continuously in the Lord forever. Maybe you have a family member that is critically sick and you, and you are actively rejoicing continuously in the Lord forever. And somehow, somehow you might think, yes, <coughs> I've rejoiced enough. I can stop rejoicing. Paul is saying, no, continue to rejoice in the Lord continuously forever. Maybe you have lost your home and you're actively, continuously rejoicing in the Lord forever. And somehow... You're saying, Radley, I've rejoiced enough. I cannot rejoice anymore. Paul is saying, no, you can rejoice some more. Rejoice continuously in the Lord forever. Maybe you have lost your job. Your employer has cut your salary off. Or your job, your, 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 or the job you have, have now, you are not making enough money as you were before. And you're saying, Lord, I'm, I'm rejoicing continuously. In the Lord forever. No, Lord, can I stop rejoicing? I'm going through some difficulties. Paul is saying to us, no, continue to rejoice. Rejoice continuously in the Lord forever. Maybe your 401k and your IRA is not what it once was before. And or you cannot find the money to pay the necessary bills. And you're rejoicing continuously in the Lord forever. And you're saying, Lord, I want to give up now. Paul is saying to us believers that we ought to continue to rejoice in the Lord actively, continuously in the Lord forever. So whatever the circumstances you're going through, we ought to rejoice continuously in the Lord forever. What are you going through this morning? What is your difficulty you're going through this morning? And you're saying, Radley, I cannot rejoice. I cannot rejoice. Things are just too difficult. Paul is saying that you can. You can rejoice if you have accepted Christ by faith. You can rejoice. Paul is, in, is, in, is, is encouraging us. He says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. I'm encouraging you this morning to rejoice 
in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let's pray. Father, again we many of us are here this morning we are going through some difficult situation. We are in stress, we are in pain, we are we're suffering, we're going through some tribulation, trials, frustrations. You name it, Lord, we are going through it. And Lord, we maybe we're saying some of us are saying, Oh Lord, I cannot rejoice. But Father, pray that you might encourage each heart here this morning. Help them to realize that whatever the circumstances they are going through, they can rejoice. They can help them to cast their cares, their frustration, their tribulations, their trials, all that they have at the feet of the cross and allow you to work through them. So Father, we ask that you might challenge our hearts. And maybe someone is here this morning They have never trusted Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Lord, they cannot truly rejoice. But if they accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, God the Holy Spirit will give them that joy that they do need. So Father, pray even now. If someone is here who is not saved, we pray that through the power of your Holy Spirit, you will convict and convert. We thank you. We worship you. We give you all the glory and the praise because you're worthy. For his name's sake. Amen.